Chapter 11 of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba by Secretary Hawkins. Uncle Lucio's story. Two men were seated on the after deck of the boat as we came down. One was Uncle Lucio, who jumped up and greeted us with a shout, just like a big overgrown boy. I grabbed his hand and told him how glad we were to see him again. But Link stared at the other man, who sat like a stone image gazing over the boat's side. When I noticed who it was, I was a bit surprised, for it was none other than the red-headed man with a pointed beard whom I had seen with Uncle Lucio several times. Something that Link saw in this red-headed man held his gaze, and it was only when Uncle Lucio grabbed his hand and shouted that Link turned away. I want to introduce you said Uncle Lucio. This is my nephew, senor. And Link stepped forward and shake hands with my best friend, senor Carter. Link reached for the red-headed man's hand and said, Glad to meet you, Mr. Carter. The man shook Link's hand heartily and merely whispered, You must excuse senor Carter, said Uncle Lucio. He has had trouble with his throat. He cannot speak very loud. But we have hopes of a speedy cure. Come, let me introduce Hawkins and this other bad boy, Standish, who is the worry of our neighborhood. Thus it was that we set out upon our little trip in the boat, with Gabriel in charge of the engine room and Doug Waters as the captain. Our fight with the Cuban Pelhams was the chief subject of our conversation. As all of us drew chairs on the afterdeck and sat there enjoying the cool breeze, which in this sunny hot weather was a joy indeed, Doug tried to scold us for getting mixed up in a fight with the Cuban boys, but always Uncle Lucio would have an excuse, saying, that he had lived with Cuban boys himself and knew that he simply had to fight them to protect himself. Finally, Doug stepped all together and allowed Lucio to continue. Uncle Lucio, said Link, you don't look a bit like Uncle Rafael. If I didn't know better, I wouldn't believe you were a brother to him. Lucio lighted a cigar and smiled as he flicked the match away and watched it fall into the churning foam that left the stern of the boat. The man with the red hair turned suddenly to look at Link, and then his gaze drifted to Lucio and back again to the water. Link waited eagerly to hear what his uncle Lucio would say. It's a long story, Lincoln, he said, as he watched the smoke curl away from his lips. And I don't mind telling you that you are a pretty good guesser. 
Tell me about it, Dan, said Link. I never believed Uncle Raphael was my mother's brother. Tell me about it. Mr. Carter, of the red hair, suddenly began to cough and turned his back to the little group. Lucio, seeing that all eyes were turned upon his red-haired friend, made excuses for him. It's his trouble in the throat, he explained in a low voice. Often he has coughing spells. Don't let on as though you notice. Then, settling back in his chair, Lucio said, Rafael Peralta is not my brother. I'll tell you that from the start, because there is nothing to hide about that. We used to think he was when we were kids, and we often grieved over it. I had two sisters, and one of them was your mother. God rest her. Our father died when we were all quite young, and our mother married Antonio Peralta, who had one son, who is your uncle Rafael now. And after our mother died, my oldest sister married a planter, who later became the owner of Villa Casanova. But it was much against Rafael's wish. Later, when he found that her husband was rich, he changed his mind and tried to be very nice. But after we were left alone with Rafael and his father, life did not run as smoothly at home. And so, my only remaining sister ran away and married Jeff Lambert. My father, exclaimed Link, poor old dad, he was good to me. Wonder what he's doing now. Lucio puffed hard on his cigar, and over at the rail, the red-haired man began to cough again. Never mind, Link, spoke up Doc Waters. Some day we will go back to old Kentucky, some day soon too, and we will have enough money to keep your daddy with us. Go ahead, Lucio. Your story is interesting. Lucio continued. They lived happily there in New Orleans, your mother and your daddy, until Raphael began to try his best to separate them. Then you were born, Link, and I believe your mother and father were happier than any other two people in the world. And if it had not been for Raphael, I think things would not have turned out as they did. At any rate, he was the cause of the separation, although the blame fell upon your father. I shall not try to tell you about it, for I have tried to forget the sorry affair, and I have partly succeeded. But you have heard now, upon one night, while your mother slept, your father took you and went away. Raphael helped him to get away, and then, after that, he acted as though he knew nothing about it. He told your mother that he was having a search made all over the United States for you and your father. Your disappearance almost broke your mother's heart. Then it was that Raphael told her to go to stay with her sister and forget. He brought her here, and she lived at Villa Casanova. On the epidemic that swept the island some years ago, 
carried away her sister and her sister husband. Aunt Bula Casanova and his great plantation was bequeathed to your mother. Raphael was always on hand, advising your mother what next to do and how to do it. In fact, he might as well have owned Casanova Plantation. He did not like to have me around, and that was my good fortune, for he gave me much money, my sister's money, and sent me to school in the United States, where I always wanted to be. And Raphael has been here ever since. It was a mystery to me why he sent for you at all. He could have kept all of Casanova if he had wished. Don't you think, interrupted Doug Waters, that even that very thing might show Raphael to be a better man than you think he is? Lucio shook his head. No, he said. I know my stepbrother Raphael too long, Dr. Waters. It was only that he feared the law and carried out the will according to its terms. That is why he sent Montilla in search of my sister's boy. Doug Waters nodded gravely as he chewed his black cigar. Yes, yes, he said. I must believe you, Lucio. That fellow Montilla made it so plain that Lick's father must not come. He said that Peralta would be very angry if we brought with us the boy's father. Lucio smiled. Of course, he said, and he did not want me to come. I heard that since I left New York. But I was already homeward bound when the cablegram announcing my sister's death reached its destination. My roommate mailed it to me while I stooped over in Washington. That was the first news I had that my sister was dead, and you may know how it made me feel. I had been happy as a bird, thinking to come home and surprise her, and to spend a few weeks here before going back to New York. But from that time on, I was sad. I really did not want to come back. I thought I would return at once to New York, but I thought of Jeff Lambert. Link's daddy, and I went to find him. Two weeks I spent picking up clues of his whereabouts, and finally a lawyer in Cincinnati, an old schoolmate of mine, helped me to find him. Uncle Lucio interrupted Link in a low voice. Did, did you see him? Did you talk to my daddy? Lucio patted Link's head. Then he nodded slowly. Yes, boy, I spoke to him, and he to me. On the river? questioned Link. Yes, on the river, and the little floating house, I found him. He said you were going to leave next morning for Cuba. He had already heard the sad news. He wept when I talked about it, but even then, the thought that you were going to find happiness made him smile through his tears. Lucio pulled a handkerchief from his pocket and blew a nose very loud, but I really think he did so to hide the tears 
that were comic into his own eyes. Nobody said a word for a few moments. Jack and Lucio smoked, and Link looked steadily at his uncle Lucio, as though he thought there never was a man like him. Will Standish and I simply sat still, waiting and wishing for more of this interesting story from Uncle Lucio. The red-haired man strolled up the deck and stood watching Gabriel at work in the engine room. And then, said Link, what did you do, Uncle Lucio? I tried to make your father come with me, said Lucio, but he said he would not. He told me that if he would come, you might not be allowed to enjoy your new home. He knows Raphael does not want him here. Why? asked Link, his eyes flashing. Oh, because, answered Lucio, Raphael knows that Jeff Lambert knows by this time who caused all his misery. Your daddy might want to square things, and Raphael has things all his own way now. My father is a square man, said Link, and he always squared things with everybody I knew. He fought and fought with Monk Bridges' daddy. You remember him, Hawkins? And then, when Monk Bridges' daddy was dying and didn't have a soul to care for him, what did my daddy do? You know what he did? He went there to his house and took care of him and got Doc Waters here to come and give medicine to him and tried to save his life. Didn't he, Doc? Yes, said Doc. That's right, Lucio. Lucio nodded. Yes, he said. That's Jeff Lambert. I knew him when I was a boy. I never believed half the things they said of him. He never did nothing, said Link sharply. No, said Lucio quickly. He was a man. But to continue my story, I made haste for the station next morning. And as I was about to board the train, a man touched my arm. I wouldn't have known him but for his voice. It was the voice of Jeff Lambert. Hold on, Luge, he said. He always called me Luge when I was a boy. Hold on, Luge. I have something to tell you before you go. And there was I, ready to catch a train, and Jeff Lambert holding my coattails. Well, I told him if he wanted to talk to me, he would have to talk on the train. I've got lots to tell you, he said. Maybe you'd best buy a ticket for me to ride too. So I asked him how long it would take for him to tell what he had to tell. And he said, clean to where you're going and back again. And so I rushed to the office and bought another ticket, and he rode with me as far as Key West. Where did he go then? asked Link. The hardest thing I had to do was to keep him out of the coach in which you folks were in continued Lucio, and once I did find him sitting in a rear seat, his eyes held steadily upon you.
At this, I gave a little start, but said nothing. I remembered. Come, said Uncle Lucio, holding out his hand. We must be nearing our destination. Let us go forward and watch for the rocks of Casanova. So saying, Lucio led the way, and we all walked up the deck. As we passed the parlor cabin, Lucio paused and said, Let us call Senor Carter. He also will enjoy this grand view. Oh, there, Senor Carter. Oh, yeah. Uncle Lucio was smiling now, as through the open door we gazed into the cabin. Standing by the table was the man with the pointed beard, but no longer with red hair. In his hand he held his hat, in which there was a red wig. Even as we looked, he whipped the pointed whiskers from his face and held out his arms. Link, he cried, Link! Pop! cried Link. Oh, Pop, it's my Pop! Hawkins, come on in! The next instant, Link had his arms around his daddy's neck. End of chapter 11